Ferguson-based Earthdance Farm is donating a lot of food to local pantries, as its founder explained on St. Louis on the Air. If you're actually thinking in terms of the amount of nutrition that's mm -hmm. going out into the community. It's nearly 24,000 servings of vegetables. Wow, so you're not just trying to run up the numbers by say giving away 1,800 pumpkins. You've got some some light fruit in there and this, this ends <laughs> up being a pretty substantial total here. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think especially during this COVID time, um, moving into flu season now, everyone needs to be as aware as possible about what we're putting into our bodies and really boosting our immune systems. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. It's really important not only to have access to fresh, affordable food, but also to know how to cook it and how to prepare it at home <laughs> so that that food becomes a meal at the family table and that um, everyone is able to, to gather around and do some family bonding time over nutritious food. Carolyn Randazzo volunteers with the Blessed Teresa of Calcutta Parish. The Roman Catholic Church operates a weekly food pantry in Ferguson. Carolyn spends about 8 to 10 hours each week serving area families. They assisted 1,300 people last month alone, and that's a big increase. Our numbers have definitely gone up. Um, our pantry is open every Tuesday, and our average for the month of October um, was 65.75, or so 66 families per week. And so we've seen, um, since the start of the pandemic, about a 25% increase in our number of families um, who come to us. Every, uh, once a month, They can uh, each family can come to us. And that is Carolyn Randazzo. Now, she says they've been able to serve those families, in part, thanks to the generosity of Earth Dance. That's a nonprofit organic farm in Ferguson. It's donated more than 1,800 pounds of fresh produce so far this year to Blessed Teresa and other food pantries. And as Carolyn Randazzo explains, the partnership began with a chance meeting with Earth Dance's founding director, Molly Rockman. You know, we were in masks and all that kind of thing, and we ran into each other at our local Aldi's and just kind of started talking a little bit about it because we kind of knew each other, but not a lot. And, and so she had been wanting to make a, con a connection uh, with our food pantries so that um, when they have uh, produce above and beyond what they can either sell at our Ferguson Farmer's Market or um, other customers that they have, that, you know, they would donate it to us. So that's how we got started. We ran into each other at the grocery store. <laughs> And Carolyn Randazzo credits the donations for keeping Blessed of Teresa Calcutta's food pantry well-stocked. She also credits financial donations. And because of that, she said, they haven't had to turn anyone away, even during this time of increased need. As a bonus, pantry patrons get the freshest produce possible. This is food grown just a few miles from their homes. And here to discuss how these donations work is Molly Rockaman. She's the founding director of Earth Dance. Molly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. So Molly, what led Earth Dance to want to start giving produce away? Well, it's been something we've done for since the beginning of our existence, just not to the degree that we have rolled out this year. Um, food security is absolutely important. Our approach since the beginning has been primarily on teaching people how to grow food for themselves and their communities as an organic farm school. Mm -hmm. But this year we knew there was just such an emergency need for food that we, um, we really wanted to do more in our own community to address the food need. Now, um, I mentioned there in the intro, 1,800 pounds of food. Help me quantify that. Just how much food is that? 
you know, I actually was doing calculations this morning. That is about 23, okay, actually all of our produce donations, including beyond the ones that have gone to BTC, is 23,918 servings of produce. Wow. So when we're thinking about pounds of produce, obviously a pound of greens um, doesn't, you know, it's a lot of greens, doesn't weigh a lot. And so if you're actually thinking in terms of, you know, the amount of nutrition that's mm-hmm. going out into the community, it's it's twenty, it's nearly 24,000 servings of vegetables. Wow. So you're not just trying to run up the numbers by, say, giving away 1,800 pumpkins. You've got some some light fruit in there. And this, this ends <laughs> up being a pretty substantial total here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think especially during this COVID time, um, moving into flu season now, everyone needs to be as... as um, aware as possible about what we're putting into our bodies and really boosting our immune systems and having the highest quality nutrient dense fresh food is the best way to do that, especially for the people most vulnerable to those, um, to the flu and to COVID. Mm -hmm. And there are so many vulnerable people right now. And our second guest today is here to help put that in perspective for us. Um, That is Lucinda Perry-Jones. She's the Director of Strategic Initiatives for Operation Food Search. Lucinda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah, for having me. So we all associate um, uh, hungry people with, you know, we want to give cans of food or we want to have boxes of of non-perishable items. How critical is it for these organizations to also get fresh produce, like what we're talking about here from Earth Dance? Well, absolutely critical. And we're finding that as more people turn to the food pantry and the safety food network, um, more that, uh, that, that they absolutely require the perishable food from a health perspective. So many of the people that we serve are are struggling with chronic diseases such as hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, and those are all need to be maintained through a healthy, nutritious food. Mm -hmm. What kind of wrinkle does that add though to then have to get this food, um, get it donated and then get it turned around and given to people before it goes bad? Well, we have a really large operation at Operation Food Search. We help feed more than 200,000 people every month through our network of partners. And uh, we have been fortunate during the COVID to be able to access perishable food that comes from both government sources and also private sources. So our local farms have really stepped up as well as as government giving us these uh, USDA farmer to food, uh, family food boxes. And those include fresh produce, uh, meat and dairy. And those have been really helpful, again, to to meet the immediate need for for that fresh, perishable food. And these local farms um, that have contributed, is this a, a relatively new thing that you're seeing such donations from them? Or was that going on even before this pandemic? They have been wonderful partners. One thing that we have implemented during the this pandemic, though, is a gleaning operation where we go to local farms and we are actually picking up the produce that is not able to be sold or that is not as pretty as could be. And uh, we are bringing that back to our warehouse and then getting that out to our community food partners. So that's been a really helpful um, operation as well. Hmm. We were able to do four gleaning projects uh, over the summer. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, and I'm curious about how all this works for these farms. Obviously, with the gleaning, these are things that might not necessarily get used. But Molly, I know you're giving away more than just that. How does that end up penciling out for you? I know farms don't generally have a giant profit margin. 
Exactly. You know, most um, most commercial farms actually rely on at least one person to have off-farm income. It's very challenging for farmers this day and age to actually make a living full-time farming. So Earthdance as a nonprofit organization, we're in a fortunate position of being able to accept donations to help us offset the cost of that because obviously it's not, you know, while we're giving out food for free, it's not free to produce it. And so um, over the years, you know, that's why we've had a produce distribution model that has relied on both the sale of produce as well as donated. So we're trying to make our produce as accessibly priced as possible this year. In addition to uh, ramping up produce donations, we also operated a pay what you can veggie mm. share program where people could come to the Ferguson farmers market and pick up a share of veggies at whatever price they could afford, um, which I think also gives folks some agency in it so that it doesn't, um, you know, for folks who are maybe not aware yet, you know, with the pandemic putting so many people newly in financial distress, a lot of folks aren't tapped into those uh, places, those food pantries where they can get access to fresh produce. So, mm-hmm. For um, that uh, pay-what-you-can food stand, did that also yeah. attract people who were who were happy to pay even more than what you might have normally charged Ab- them? Absolutely, yeah. So it actually creates a solidarity model um, of, of distribution where the people who can afford more are able to help offset the cost for those who can't. And so it has been um, in such demand this year, not only for people to um, pick up a share of like kind of predetermined veggies, but a lot of people also want more choice, of course, in what they're feeding their families. And so um, I know Carolyn has said that that's been something that's challenging at the BTC food pantry is because of COVID, people are having to just, you know, pull up and everything's pre-bundled for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But next year at the farm, we're gonna be able to offer a pay what you can farm stand so people can basically be shopping the produce that they want their family to consume. Um, in whatever quantities they need it, and then just pay whatever they can. So it, it'll be a little bit more of a shopping model. Lucinda, that seems like a great innovation, that, that families that need these programs can continue to have the autonomy of getting what they really want, not just have something picked for them. Is that a model that, that um, people are exploring in other ways as well? Absolutely. Uh, we encourage all of our community food partners food partners to offer the model of client choice as much as possible. And that was really happening throughout our system before COVID struck. Unfortunately, some people had to move to the drive-in model, the drive-through model, Mm -hmm. uh, because they were trying to keep people in their warehouse uh, safe. But uh, typically, we are a champion of families coming in and being able to choose the the type of food that they want. The other thing that Operation Food Search does is offer nutrition education. So it's really important not only to have access to fresh, affordable food, but also to know how to cook it and how to prepare it at home Mm -hmm. so that that food becomes a meal at the family table and that um, everyone is able to, to gather around and do some family bonding time over nutritious food. Well, it's it's so good to hear, um, you know, these these initiatives that are designed to help people really meeting them where they're at. Bigger picture, though, what kind of impact did the pandemic have on low income communities in the St. Louis area? Absolutely profound. Uh, we were looking at the data from 2018, which was in the region, region which includes Illinois and Missouri, uh, our metropolitan region. It was around uh, almost 15 percent for food insecurity. So above the 
on the higher end of the national average, but it's now at almost 20% mm. uh, across the region, which is a almost a 40% average increase. And people who have been hit the hardest are, are children who are not in school, the homebound senior adults, you know, people that are living in rural communities are also experiencing food insecurity for the first time. So we're seeing a lot of, of change within the family dynamic. And that's very scary. Um, for the, the, the organizations that are trying to serve this population, um, do you have enough to serve the people who need help at this point? Well, we're doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, we've had, again, an outpouring of generosity from the community, from everyone that has has really stepped up in in really amazing ways from funders to our corporate partners to our individuals and and also the government and working together. We've really been able to, uh, you know, at least do at least put a dent in it. Um, So. We know that the the need is is great, and we just continue to work as as hard as possible, and continue to let people know that these donations are so essential for us to to continue to provide that food safety net. Now, earlier in this conversation, we heard from Carolyn Randazzo. Um, she's a volunteer with a Ferguson-based food pantry, and here's what she said she thinks is important for listeners to know right now. I feel like we have a very generous community in general. Um, but we do need to remember that there's always a need. Our pantry is open every week. Our parish actually has two pantries um, in two different locations, one at our church and then also in um, downtown Ferguson. And we're open every week. Uh, we At the holidays, we'll take a day off usually, but otherwise we're here. And so um, we want to remember that, that um, we appreciate the increase in donations around holiday time. That's kind of traditional. Everybody thinks about it, especially Thanksgiving. Um, but we're also here through the summer when people aren't thinking about it quite as much. But we're always here, and we're always here to help our neighbors in St. Louis County. And if you are feeling food insecure, we're going to have some resources on our website um, that'll have information on on places that do have food they're giving away. That's at stlpublicradio.org. And Lucinda, one uh, wildcard question that just came up. We heard from a caller. This is Jim from Bridgeton. He says he's a master gardener, and he was wanting to know how to help. He wanted to know whether Operation Food Search would accept live plants to give to people so people can grow their own food. Are you aware of any sort of initiative or something that that Jim might want to follow up with um, to see if he can be of service. Absolutely. There are some of our community food partners that have uh, gardens and they're harvesting those um, every summer. So I would urge him to to go to our website and look at where some of our community partners are and, uh, you know, make some calls or he can call me directly and I can put him in touch with some of the community food partners that we know have those community gardens and I'm sure they would put them to good use. Well, that is great to hear. I appreciate you volunteering that. Um, And it's great to hear that there's listeners who want to help. I know he's not alone in that. So uh, Lucinda Perry-Jones, Director of Strategic Initiatives for Operation Food Search, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Molly Rockaman, founding director of Earth Dance, thank you for joining us and, and for the good work that you're doing. Thank you, Sarah. And just a note for Jim is that I would re- encourage him to reach out to his, find his local food pantry because I think the, the community gardens and farmers contacting directly is, um, is super helpful as well.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.